for me with e-commerce i started enjoying it when i when i think of it as a game meaning hey with the, there's numbers in mm-hmm. here how can i manipulate those numbers and make uh, base my uh, decisions on that what the data is telling me okay and then how can i duplicate that success so i can make more money you're listening to ecomonics a debutify podcast your resource for one-of-a-kind insights into the world of e-commerce and business in the modern age. This is Joseph. I'll be presenting a wealth of industry knowledge from interviews with successful business people and our own state-of-the-art research. Your time is valuable, so let's go. Jandy Cerezo joins us today to illustrate some of the long-standing principles of business and e-commerce, being prepared for your next move, training for the long run, being in the right state of mind, and valuing growth. When I was preparing for my interview with him, I noted how much he values mindset, and I wanted to make sure we learned more about that. So sit back, relax, and get ready to change by the end of the next hour. Jandy Cerezo, it's good to have you here. Thank you for being on Ecomonics, a Debutify podcast. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you, Joseph. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. We got a lot to get to today. And one of the things that I'm excited to talk to you about is mindset. Uh, it's one of my favorite subjects, and I know you're a big, uh, a big proponent of that. But we have a very important question. It's arguably the most important question of all. It's the seed by which all other uh, questions are formed once it's watered and given uh, apple oxygen and light. Tell us, who are you and what do you do? Awesome. So my name is Jandi Cerezo and I am an e-commerce owner. I've been running uh, e-commerce stores for about three years now or so. Seven active stores at the moment uh, using Shopify and pretty much, you know, started doing uh, dropshipping three years ago. Uh, but before that, you know, I've tried different stuff like uh, eBay, Amazon, and I was a, on a nine to five before that doing IT. But then I decided, hey, this is not for me. I wanted to find that financial freedom and pretty much uh, go from there. And mm-hmm. my first success is is through drop shipping. I made my first sale at uh, actually on on March 2017, I can still remember that. March um, and I'm, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm still running that Shopify store, actually, uh, transitioning from a, you know, AliExpress dropshipping to a branded store. But much to say, you know, it's a lot of involvement and also a lot of things has, you know, changed in the past three years, especially in the dropshipping industry. But anyway, that, that's me. E-commerce owner, I've done multiple uh, six figures and seven figure stores, and looking to break into the eight figures uh, in the next few months. I, I I wish you luck on that front. I don't know if I mean I, I try not to like spend too much time talking about like the the figures of a <laughs> yeah. person. I don't know if we've gotten any eight figures yet, but we'll uh, and you you never know. So let me uh, let me just make sure that we've got all your pursuits covered, just so that our listeners have a full scope of of you. Uh, obviously, you brought up a lot of it already. You have a you have a, a dual blog. There's a mindset blog and an e-commerce blog. I know you have one on one calls. You got your YouTube, which is where I've been able to uh, find a lot of the questions that I'm going to ask you today. 
And then you've said that you're primarily you're an online seller. And also, I want to I want to characterize you as a brand developer. Is that a fair assessment? I would say so. Yeah. Okay, great. So over the course of, let's say, you know, give it a, uh, over the course of a week, uh, how are you uh, div- divvying up your focus? What is like your main pursuits right now? What are you doing as uh, secondary, tertiary, and so on? Any hobbies? You can throw that in there. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's a good question. In terms of hobbies, I do like to go to the gym. It's, it's one of my habits that puts me into the right state of mind. I do have a morning routine and also a night routine. My morning routine consists of waking up and trying not to touch my phone in the first five minutes <laughs> and as well as prepping myself uh, to go to the gym. Now, for me, gym is is one of the most important aspects of my life because it's not just to help me physically but also emotionally because with, with entrepreneurship, especially for those that are listening right now, I'm pretty sure most of your listeners are in that stage or going to that stage. You're going to need a break from time mm-hmm. to time. And gym for me is, is uh, one of the important things that, that takes me away from, from the business side. But one thing that I implemented recently actually is listening to podcasts uh, while at the gym. So while at the gym, I'm still learning. Uh, I'm still um, actively pushing myself physically and uh, mentally as well. That's my main hobby. Uh, second hobby would be sports such as basketball. Um, I enjoy basketball. Um, but other than that, 60% of, of my day consists of running e-com stores. And the past week um, or past couple of weeks, I've, you know, there's challenges that uh, I, I, I have to go through, which is um, now building a team. Mm-hmm. I went from two-person team, you know, a couple of years ago, now up to fifteen people. Managing that is a is a different, whole new, different level of mindset and also uh, leadership and also just managing your time wisely so you can uh, focus on the ones that's really important to grow your business. So yeah, that the past week that's pretty mm-hmm. much um, eating up a lot of my time, but luckily, you know, I, I I get to spend my free time with with my wife and also just doing the things that I love, like you know, gym and basketball and stuff like that. I myself, I'm not much of a of a gym goer. I I, I cover my basics when it comes to exercise, but it was never something that I particularly um uh, would go do. I think it was for me, it was the fact that it's a social public setting and i find my own uh workout to be something that i want to do privately so that's that's kind of been been me but where i think we can agree is that the relationship between the mind and the body is quite interconnected i mean most of us realize that intuitively but i think a lot of people don't quite get a grip on how important physical wellness is to actually improve mental wellness i think a lot of people just might disconnect their body from their mind and that well my mind is this conscious thing it's it, it makes decisions and it and, and i prefer to be in a good mood and then my body is just the the car that drives it around and that's not really the case what's the case is that the mind and the body are constantly talking to each other so from your from your side of it what part of that uh, checks out to you yeah so 100 percent. it's all about balance you know if let's say the output energy from 
like mentally, right? Your most of your energy uh, mentally will be going towards the business side. But you need to balance that energy as well. You need to pull it back, okay? So that you're not producing too much energy and you don't go to that point where you're going to stress out uh, into your business. And one way to pull it back is getting that energy back and putting that towards something else such as your physical body. Hence why, you know, for me, going to the gym back then, it was uh, much more on the social aspect. You know, hey, I want to look good. I want to have a nice body. Mm -hmm. I want those abs and, you know, big muscles and stuff like that. But then, you know, a year ago, when I started going to uh, the gym with, with purpose and also started listening to podcasts and stuff like that, it became like a, it was a sanctuary for me. Um, mm -hmm. No one can touch me once I'm at the gym. I would put my headphones on. I would listen to podcasts, whether it's um, about mindset or whether it's about team leadership or um, or e-commerce. Wherever I need to level up in that case, I will learn in mm -hmm. at the gym. I found that when I'm at home, I can't really learn, which is really, really weird. But when I'm at the gym, I'm learning at the same time while I'm, I'm transferring the energy uh, through the weights. Now, if I'm, uh, I'm, if I'm quite, you know, stressed out in the business, which, you know, you will experience uh, your stress level, you know, it will go really high, uh, especially if you're uh, running multiple stores or multiple businesses or if you just have so much stuff in, in your hands. And that way, you know, when... I'm lifting weights. Sometimes I can transfer those high stress level energy into the weights, which helps me to, to push more. And while transferring that energy, I actually feel a lot better. Okay. It's, it, it, it makes me calmer and it makes me not think about all the stressful stuff because I'm, I'm transferring that uh, energy into lifting weights instead. So there's two points that I want to raise uh, just from you know, hearing this. And this is important stuff. And I didn't realize this is an e-commerce podcast. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to it. But this is really important stuff, too. And, and, I'm a, and I'm a sucker for mindset stuff. So the first point that I want to raise based on what you were saying is how you use the gym as an area to learn. And what sticks out to me about that, just through my own personal habits at home, is that I tend to have media running quite often while I'm making food while I'm doing chores, even if I just need like a mental break or something and I'll put on a YouTube video. And what I can see as a possible issue is that home is a realm of comfort. And so comfort might not be the best setting to learn. Uh, learning often comes through hardship and through uh, adversity and training and just basic resistance training. So, so there's something to being in a state of discomfort in both the mental and the physical sense. So that's the first thing that uh, sticks out to me. The second thing on a macro level is how you're, you're pointing out that energy can be overexpended in one area and you can do yourself a lot of favors by taking that energy back and then expanding it in a different area. And the reason why I say on a macro sense is because it sounds to me like that's, that's what you did with your life, is that you were putting a lot of energy into your, your physical expenditures. And then you got to the point where you realized, you know, you wanted your freedom, you wanted to take control of your life. 
And all of that has to come from decision making, which is a mental thing. Yeah. So honestly, like this mindset stuff, it's one of the biggest foundation uh, for for my success personally. And I would say so for, for other people as well. I would say 98% of successful entrepreneurs out there have some sort of um, strong foundation of mindset. In terms of balancing your your mental state and also your physical state, yep, they, they have some sort of correlation in there. What I found when, when I first started uh, doing e-commerce, I didn't have that foundation of well, pretty much have a strong mindset into running a proper business. And what I did back then three years ago was I took a step back and I, I, I read a lot of uh, self-development books. Um, and also I, I focused on strengthening my mindset and focusing on that stage mm-hmm. before I go full on uh, running my e-commerce business. It took almost a year. Okay, I was still at my full-time job while running the side hustle of uh, e-commerce businesses before I actually quit my job. And if if I didn't train my mindset, I wouldn't have gone through that. Now, the most important thing there would be consistency. Uh, whatever you do in life, whether it's uh, e-commerce, whether it's, um, for example, like the gym, right? If, if you're not consistent with, mm-hmm. with your... Uh, eating habits and also with your lifting habits then the result won't won't show that's the same with e-commerce business when you're failing at the start which is the best thing to do is to to fail as much as you can like what you said about adversities and stuff like that you have to experience those and then learn from those instead of thinking hey that's uh uh that's something that i don't want to do anymore because i failed at it Use it as a, a learning curve. Apply that into your next strategy or next implementation, and and you know you will stay consistent doing it that way instead of just sitting in your ass and giving up. It's not gonna get you anywhere, and most likely, hence why mm-hmm. you know not all people are successful because it, it's not easy. It's not an easy task. But being consistent is one of the the main thing that you had to go through first, okay? And the second uh, most important thing that I would say is enjoying, uh, finding the the fun part on what you want to do. For me, with e-commerce, I started enjoying it when I when I think of it as a game, meaning, hey, with the, there's numbers mm-hmm. in here. How can I manipulate those numbers and make uh, base my uh, decisions on that what the data is telling me okay and then how can I duplicate that success so I can make more money now this this becomes like a game and and once you trick your mind that uh, this is not a chore now you know like gym can be a chore as well uh, but you can apply that with with um, your business as well once you stop thinking of something as a chore uh, something that you have to do, but you actually want to do, that's gonna push you even uh, further for uh, for consistency and get your success a lot faster. Mm-hmm. 
So I think this would be as good a time as any to bring in some of your uh, success stories just so that the audience can see how you were able to put this into practice. So one of your YouTube videos that sticks out is you have a, a, a million dollar online business, as you said at the beginning, at seven figures. Now, I just want to make sure that I got my facts right here is that the core of it is that for its long-term sustainability, it's transitioned from a dropshipping store to a branded niche store. Yes. So at the moment, I have three branded stores okay. that started from dropshipping stores. And I have three other uh, niche dropshipping stores and one general store for, for testing purposes. What the the main thing here is that many people actually get get the branding wrong. Because they think, hey, if you slap a logo in the product, hey, that's a branded product already. There's more to it than that. So pretty much what um, branding is, uh, from my understanding or from my own experience, is that it's community building and also putting your customer first. It's increasing the value of your customers instead of increasing the, the value of your product. Yes, you can increase the value of your product to an extent, but will it make better relationship with, with your customers? What you want is to, to create a strong community that your customers will follow and you have a, a, uh, your own core value of your business, your business values, and does that align with the customers? It's not simply putting your uh, logo in that, yep, that will um, increase uh, improve the value of the product, but that won't improve the value with the customers. Hence, why um, the drop shipping itself is only a a fulfillment system. It's not a, a full business model. It's just simply a fulfillment system. Drop shipping has been mm -hmm. running for more than uh, I don't know thirty years now, right? But it's only been recently where. Um, People are putting out content and saying, hey, um, dropshipping is easy to get into, um, which it is, but building the brand, you can still build the brand with dropshipping. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And it's also important to point out too, is that uh, dropshipping in this sense, in the conventional e-commerce sense has been running for as long as you said, but the concept of somebody wholesaling products somewhere else that goes way back, and actually, and I have a, a solo episode about this, about the origins of dropshipping. Now, you know, it, it wasn't like in the 1700s. Somebody was uh, making YouTube videos. They weren't like drawn up pieces of parchment where that looked very similar to thumbnails of today. But this is a fundamental business practice. As long as we've had business, we've had something yeah. along these lines. So yeah, like what you said, it's it's been going on for for a long time. If you focus more on on your customers. That's how you're gonna make more sales and make that long-term, long-term business. Now, my branded stores are actually uh, thirty percent drop shipped and seventy percent, you know, will bulk order from, uh, from China and then ship it to uh, USA since it's more cost-effective that way. So, you know, in theory, I'm still mm -hmm. drop shipping um, in my branded stores. But I was able to create a long-term business through that while still dropshipping. I've been doing running the same store for three years now and done over uh, two million. And you know, there's always a way for you to to differentiate yourself 
which is the key success to dropshipping at the moment. If you don't differentiate yourself, then you're just going to be competing with others. But once you start implementing your own unique selling point, your own uh, unique strategies, that's how you're going to differentiate yourself from other dropshippers. Hence, you have that competitive advantage. What you want is that competitive advantage to, to beat your competitors, pretty much. So with your severed stores, is there a, uh, a cohesive uh, link between them or do they stand on their own uh, platforms? Like if I were to go to one store, would I find a way into the other stores and eventually make my way up to the host brand, which would be uh, Jandy Cerezo? That's a good question. Thank you. They're separate entities. Uh, they're all separate. They all have okay. their own niche. But uh, they all run in, in the Shopify platform. Um, but pretty much, once you you see my uh, my stores, all of them would have the same characteristics on on other stores, such as uh, running the same upsells, pretty much um, similar uh, structure of product mm -hmm. descriptions, um, and also all the backend stuff. They're they're all gonna have that core apps and core uh, backend strategy that are, that is applied from one store to other stores as well but that's definitely a good uh, point as well because you can definitely create something that is more congruent so in one uh, let's say one business which is a good point because I have a clothing store and I have a watch store that I want to combine um, which I should probably do in the future. So mm -hmm. thanks for that, Joseph. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, you're welcome. Mazel tov. <laughs> for what it's worth, that question uh, was uh, was improvised, but uh, we we take those. So let's talk about uh, passive income because I know this is something that you've brought up, and it seems like kind of a unicorn where you hear passive income and you think, oh, I get money, I don't have to do a thing. <laughs> like, well, not quite. Uh, you had to do a bunch of things, but the returns are over time so for audience who like myself or maybe skeptical about anything truly being passive income um where is the reality and where is the myth and what did you do to pull it off so passive income itself is um i was <laughs> it's a overused term i believe that but it's it's the the, the meaning of it is it's kind of um, i don't know it's it's been diluted so sure. what? So one thing, maybe let, let me just help yeah. for a second because maybe I can help draw a parallel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think when people think active income, they think that there's a one-to-one -one relationship <laughs> between their labor and the money that they get. Yeah. So you clock, you log. I, you know, in in transparency, I'm doing this as a job, so I'm I'm getting uh, I'm getting hours for it. If I stop working, then the hours stop and then the pay stops. So that's what I would see as active income. Passive income could be putting money in a bank and getting interest. So it is. A saturated term to be fair yeah it is but the thing is with with most passive income and and in order to live off passive income you have to put in the work and you're gonna need to put in countless of hours of, of work before you start seeing that return with the society right now especially the instant gratification a lot of people don't go through the work because they expect the return on the same day, same hour uh, after they put in the work. 
but it, it it doesn't really work that way like for example building your portfolio through real estate right which i've started doing uh, myself you still have to do your own research you still have to uh, learn all of the real estate stuff and that's gonna take you many many hours to do so before you actually uh put money into it so you same with uh business um a couple of my stores already are uh passively just you know generating me income but i was able to do that by by working hard at it and also systemizing and and putting process in in place which made it passive but putting those system and also process pretty much took me a whole year to to mm-hmm. to put a system in place but um after that year okay you you start seeing that passive income go to work it's not this instant gratification hey i'm i'm gonna uh hire a va and and pretty much teach her this okay but you're 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 still you don't have a system in place because a va can can only do so much but once you start building that uh, process inside your business and having a proper structure from let's say customer service up to doing your Facebook ads okay there are many steps between customer service and up to the Facebook ads and you know leading up to sales that includes you know conversion rate optimization that includes back-end marketing that includes importing products and stuff like that once you have structure which took me a year uh, personally then you know that's where you start realizing the the actual return on investment and actually get that passive income to work for you one thing i want to get back to that you had brought up earlier on was that right now you're trying to build a team and you mentioned just now you know bringing on a va but there's only so much that a va can do so one of the main threads that i guess i want to work on is for people who they're in the position where maybe the ball has been rolling for them and their first drop shipping, they're having their first successful drop shipping experiment. And so now all of a sudden the pathways have opened and now they realize, oh, oh, now what do I do? So can you tell us about like what were your initial hires to, to get you started and then like what team members you have to build in your current state? Yeah, another good question, Joseph, since this is kind of, where my most of my energy is is going to now is team building and leadership and and managing in terms of let's say hey i i uh, found success with this um, product this is my first winning product where do i go from there well first off what i would highly suggest which i regret not doing is documenting everything that you do in your business while you're doing it so let's say, hey, you're doing customer service, document that. Uh, you're importing products. What's your, your process around that? Your, your testing, ad testing. What's your ad testing strategy? Document all of those. Video yourself. You know, write detailed documents. Okay? And that's, you're going to thank yourself in, in the future. Bye, bye, bye. That's pretty much a 10x, at least 10x return on investment by <laughs> doing it at the same time you're doing the task. Now, in terms of you know team building, there's a lot of sites that you can go to, but uh, for me, uh, my my team is Filipino based. So the 15 people uh, under me are are all Filipinos, and I hired them from Online Jobs PH. 
the most important thing that I, I've experienced so far uh, while hiring is having the interviewing them and talking about mindset like what we're talking about at the mm-hmm. moment and and their soft skills what are their personalities like uh do they have that uh, entre- entrepreneur mindset as well because with that that they're gonna help you uh grow your business they're not just gonna do tasks for you but they're all also willing to uh, put their time in so that your business will grow uh pretty much because Yes, skills can be looked at as well, but I'm more focused on the soft skills because all the stuff that you documented in the past should translate into easy onboarding and pretty much training as well, which is going to save you plenty, plenty of time. Now, in terms of my team structure, especially for dropshipping, I actually have three departments running at the moment. I have the customer service team, which uh, involves one customer service manager and two uh, customer service reps. So there's uh, three people and one person managing that in that department. And then I have the brand team. Uh, the brand team, I have a, a copywriter. I have a video editor. I have a graphic designer, a conversion rate optimizer, and also an email marketer. That's under uh, brand team. and. I'm managing them myself mm-hmm. uh, mainly, and then I have the dropshipping team, which I recently built. I would say a couple of months ago. Started that a couple of months ago, and I have a project manager there. That's my one of my best hires so far. Is, is the project, a project manager. manager? Yeah, a project manager pretty much um, overhauls the. Oh, you know, he he sees the whole process and operations. And he pretty much handles everything. You tell him, hey, this is what we want. Okay, write a detailed guide of what you want and also what you expect and and make sure it's measurable as well. Uh, I think there's a terminology for that. It's like smart or something like that. So you guys can look it up if, if you want to. But <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I have a project manager. Then other than that, I have a product researcher, a product importer, another video editor, and also a, a copywriter. Now, copywriting is really important because oh, that enables uh, your business to identify the customer avatar. Okay, sorry, I'm I'm going off track here, but I just want to add on top of that is that to get more sales, you're gonna have to be talking to your uh, your ideal customers. You can't be talking to everyone to in, in general. You can be lucky to get sales that way, but that's not scalable. It is better to stick into a a sub niche that that you well uh, you know their language, hence why you train your copywriter to research about those customers and so that once she starts doing the product description, the language that she's writing or speaking will align to your potential customers that land on your page and hence why you're going to have a higher conversion rate and um, higher success rate pretty much. So yeah, 15 people, three departments, project manager, best hire. I would look into hiring your first uh, project manager first because they will help out with with onboarding as well and um, hiring and training and all of that stuff. And you have another pretty much set of brain to, to bounce ideas off. Mm-hmm. We uh, we have a pretty fantastic. I mean, everybody at the Beautify is great, but our project manager Mohammed he is integral to uh, 
uh, helping the company uh, run on a day-to-day basis. And uh, with respect to his uh, his his work ethic, uh, he runs management meetings, and due to the time zone constraints, he's up at three a.m. running these. So he it's definitely deserving of at least the one shout out. Probably another six throughout the course of this uh, of this uh, series. So yeah, I, I I completely support that. Here's my question to you about your 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 mindset because the thread is you trained yourself before uh, going into the dropshipping side of it. And I first hear it and first it registers as uh, unusual, but it's not. I mean, people always train before they do things. They train before people train before they, they fight. You train soldiers, you train grocery boys. I was trained as a grocery boy once upon a time. And my training actually still takes over, by the way. I'll still go to a shelf and I'll pick a product out and then I'll put the other ones up front just to like reface it because the muscle memory doesn't go away. So with entering a management role, was that the same situation or did you did you just kind of like jump into it learn as you go or how were you training to be ready to uh, to lead others that's that's a good question because I'll, I'll tell you a little little story well not little story i'll just go back maybe i prefer a medium length story <laughs> yeah okay that, that be, we don't we don't want everything to be short oh yeah yeah so i did this, <laughs> this. all right sure. yeah so I yeah yeah, medium. yeah cool so like i said uh earlier I think of this as a game, and every game has a milestone mm-hmm. or, or a goal to, to achieve. My first milestone the first year was to hit six figures, which I, I, I did through that. Now, you're going to need you know, the simple foundation of mindset to hit six figures. That could be you know, having the right habits and also uh, just being consistent with your work. You, you'll be able to hit six figures in no time. But going from six figures to seven figures is another whole set of, mm-hmm. of uh, it's a big learning curve that you need to apply and also train your mind as, as well. Hence why I, I put a lot of emphasis on mindset is because I, I attribute all my success through that. It's not because I'm good at doing what I do. But I wouldn't have been good at, at doing what I do if I, if I didn't have the, the right habits or the right learning platforms that I, that I use, uh, like, for example, podcasts and YouTubes and also a right community. Now, with that as well, six figures to seven figures, you're going to need a, a, a mentor or a coach. Now, my mentor is um, actually locally and, you know, I just found him through a friend and he doesn't do drop shipping but he does he runs an e-commerce business but he aligns with my uh, the same pretty much we have the same mindset and also we we see things the same same way but what you want to do is when you're finding that that mentor you need to make sure that they are at least 5x or 10x better than you because you obviously you want to be like them in, in the future and they're going to be mm-hmm. able to help you out with that um, luckily you know it's, it's not charging me anything we've, we've become good friends and, and he's helping me throughout um, with the mindset stuff reading books and also learning on a daily basis is, is a must it's gonna help you stay consistent on what you do once I start feeling let's say stress once that stress is starts to build up, which I haven't been feeling a lot recently, because I've, I've you know I've trained my mind to to not to try stay away from stress, mm-hmm. but 
you know, since I'm trying to build this team, uh, seven to eight figures, maybe a couple of months ago, that's when uh, I hit my peak in, in terms of stress level because every level is going to hit you differently and you're going to need a different kinds of resources. Sometimes mindset can only take you that far with what you have, at, what you are equipped with at the moment. So you're going to need to find something else that will push you to go to the next level. For me, for example, is, is how am I going to hit that eight-figure mark? And, and I started um, listening to, to lead, just pretty much one month of just leadership, hiring, managing team, and hence why I got up to from two people to 15 people under me is, is because through, you know, myself dedicating into one single aspect that I want to I wanna focus on that will enable me to hit the next uh, level, which is eight figures. I'm able to to stay consistent on on what I believe in. So, um, if I want to hit the eight figures, I need to learn more about uh, managing teams, and you're gonna need all the resources that you you can find in order to to do that. Invest on yourself first before your business. Always, always invest on yourself first. Whether it, you're investing your time, which is more important than money, mm-hmm. and also investing into like you know courses or, or, or mentors or paid groups and stuff like that always always invest on yourself first educate yourself in into in, in that one um, aspect and make sure to to take action to implement those things that you learn if you are not implementing the things that you you, you learn there, there won't be any results right if, if you're scared into like trying new things then how are you going to find out if it's a good thing or a bad thing? So what I'm focusing at the moment is, yes, managing team. And yes, we are on track of hitting that eight figures. But I feel like I'm, I'm still not capable enough to hit the eight figures because I haven't learned the, the eight-figure mm-hmm. way, pretty much. So all of these successful entrepreneurs, um, like Jeff Bezos and then Elon Musk and stuff like that, they all have different stages. They're, they're just in a different stage, so they're going to ha- need a different mindset in order to hit whatever uh, their goal is at the moment or whatever they're trying to achieve. So know your place, identify what you need to work on, learn about that, invest on yourself, and take action. I think that's great. And I think one important distinction to make is that hypothetically, let's say somebody does hit that success goal, but if they're not mentally prepared to deal with that new situation, then their success will come crashing down and they might actually end up in a worse place than they were before because now they have the burden of failure of that level of failure. And it's not like, well, you know, that ad didn't work, time to go on to a new one. It's like, wow, I really hit rock bottom as a person. So that's that's important. You yeah. know, Elon Musk doesn't wake up one day <laughs> as Elon Musk. He, it, you know, it was his development over time. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you there. And yeah, that takes a, you know, a different skill set again and, and mindset as well. Because sometimes when, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of this. When, when I have failures, uh, still am. I, I do get sad about it, sure. but I won't let myself get sad about it for more than a day. That's like a golden rule I have set in, in, in place. Now, sometimes if I hit 
you know, major loss. Maybe I lost a thousand dollars in in one day, uh, in you know, one one store. Okay, I'll be sad about it for for let's say maximum of fifteen minutes, pretty much, <laughs> because in reality, what's important is is being present and 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 in the now. If you focus in the past, then that's not gonna help you move forward because you're gonna be stuck in the past. But in, in the future as well, that if, if you start focusing too much on the future, then you're going to get stuck in, in that future and you're just going to be like, um, you have that expectations that, hey, I need to hit this mark and you're going to put a lot of pressure on yourself. But once you start focusing on, on the now and in and, and, and the present, you're going to have a whole lot of, of um, leveling up because... Mm-hmm. I think it was uh, the book Power of Now. At first, I didn't understand the the concept of being in the present, but when once I started applying that, I I realized the power of it because when you're in the present, you don't worry about the future, you don't worry about the past, you enjoy the moment, and you're only focused on on that moment. That. You don't realize now. This is where instant gratification comes into place as well. You don't realize the the thing that you are doing right now is so valuable. Whether it's hey, I'm gonna start implementing email marketing and I wanna hit one mil. Okay, you have a goal, but you don't focus on that one mil. How are you gonna hit that one mil? Is is what you should focus on. But better yet, in the micro level, how are you gonna f- hit your first a thousand dollars in email revenue, right? And that's, you know, pulling back to, to the now, to the present. To hit that $1,000, I need to do this right now. Okay? The, the compound effect of, of the now, of staying in the present, is, is so huge that people don't realize the, the potential of it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, if you stay in the past, you're going to be stuck in the past and you're going to just you know drown in in the past because there, there's so much you regrets you're gonna start feeling regrets and you're gonna start feeling like a feeling down because hey i should have done that you're gonna start thinking about that and there the the mental fatigue is actually so real that you won't be able to focus on your business hence why staying in the now staying in the present staying in your lane uh, focusing mm-hmm. on what you can do now is will will just benefit benefit you over time. Mm-hmm. Another side of it too that my my goodness, I would be very embarrassed if I mix this up with somebody <laughs> else that I was researching. But I know that you uh, you do have a religious background as well, right? You're yep. a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm. I mean, I'm. I was raised in the Catholic Church. I refer to myself as a Christian, but I'm not. Well, I'm not good at it. I'll say that much. But I do have like my own. My own, my own views on religion and my own views on God. And one of the, the ways that I try to stay present is to have faith in the experience that is being laid out for me and that there are greater things uh, beyond my understanding in the same way an ant will never understand somebody waving their hand over it. And so that's just one tool that I would, uh, that I think is important to the human experience is to understand that there's a river, right? And the river is controlling us. And 
you know, if you swim along with the stream, you'll you'll get through the river quicker. If you hold still, you just let the river carry you. If you swim away from it, well, then you're putting up a resistance. And I'm not really sure why <laughs> anyone would, would do that. But but the overall point is that being present in the moment is an act of faith. Yeah. It's not worrying about what I should have done differently in that moment. It's not worrying about what I should be done next. It's just about what is going on right here, right now, that is important to my to my long term experience. And I, I don't want to tell people to like to sign up for a church or anything like that because religion <laughs> is a sensitive subject. But you know, your your ability to to decide on things, uh, I think, changes if you have this feeling inside of you that you are going to have to answer for yourself in a future life, or if you, however, however you think you're going to end up well, once, once we pass through this life. And I have met people who not only don't believe in that, but they actively repel it. And I've seen the way it changes their decision-making and frankly, it makes them small. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree with you there. Just going back to, to what you said about, about faith and, and church and stuff. Another side story here. <laughs> uh, I, the re one of the well the main reason why I started YouTube and and started sharing content was because at, it was uh, around what was it April and this is yeah April two years ago I I I had a vision hey um if if you're a Christian yep you you know if you, if you have faith then you you believe that vision on that other uh, scale. You know, it could be, it could just be affirmation. But that vision was to to help uh, millions of people with giving them understanding of passive income and financial freedom. That was the vision mm-hmm. that was given to me at that time in, in in church. What happened next is so unbelievable that even right now I I, I still don't know what. Like, you know, I I'm so clueless. Like, how did that even happen? <laughs> so after that vision, um. My, my myself, I was just pretty much focused on what I can do now to to achieve that vision. Like I said, whether if if you're a believer or not, um, if you if you're not a believer, that could be a, an a, a affirmation, which like you said, could use as a tool to to leverage uh, your uh, your position right now. I focused on on uh, I was pretty much gaming then I was uh, you know I had different hobbies then I, I I quit all of that on the same day I got that vision and focused solely on how I can achieve uh, or how, how I can get closer to that vision I did that for a month I did that for a month now um, not many people know the story um, but yeah I did that for a whole month you know just focusing on how I can help out after a month, I hit two breakthroughs. Hit my first one million dollar store uh, two years ago, and also I was able to quit my job, and also I was able to to start my YouTube uh, journey, and that was such a huge, huge breakthrough. Like I said, I still don't know what happened or how how it happened, but you know, believing in something uh, can be used as a tool. Uh, but make sure you, you stick to that and, and go go back to the micro level and what you can do now. Uh, use that tool to motivate yourself and to base your actions on pretty much. 
Oh, so you, you said you didn't really uh, tell that story to very many people, and I'm and I'm feeling some pride right now because you've put out quite a few YouTube videos and you have a YouTube channel, so there's nothing to stop you from just doing it. But uh, so yeah, I'm feeling a uh, I'm, I'm I'm feeling a swell of pride over that. So quick pat pat myself on the back. I want to spend a little bit more time just giving our audience a little bit more uh, of your advice, uh, just because I think people. They, they get you really well, I would say at this point, or you know, as well as anybody can achieve in, what was it, 50 minutes. Um, but before we let you go, I also want to get a few more of your, um, of your practices, knowing what we know about the way you think and how, you, and how important it is that you really, you know, you live, you live life, frankly, correctly. You, know, you, you train for it, you prepare for it, and, and then you live it. So here's one from you, from your Instagram. Uh, this is a bit of a window into your past. <laughs> I'm so yeah. sorry. Okay, so I'm, so your Instagram post is to, <laughs> once I read this stuff, people understand why this is funny to me. But you wrote coming into 2020 hot, right? Like right at the beginning of it, before we we knew what was going to happen with the pandemic. Uh, so 2020 says no, 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 no. You coming hot? Uh, we'll, we have, I have something to say about that. So. How did your effort to 10 times what you were going to do at the beginning of this year end up? Like, how close were you to your vision? How much did COVID get in the way? And how much did you, you know, uh, sail past this and get to where you are now? Another good question. Uh, actually, with before that, I had a, a goal of hitting uh, $2 million this year, which I've, I've already done um, thanks to, to COVID. Now, COVID can be viewed as a, as a negative way, but I viewed it as a positive way in terms of the business side, obviously. Sure. But um, there's still that negative aspect of it. In the business side, it that's when I was able to hit a 500k per month revenue. And through that, I I saw an even bigger potential in in e-commerce, um, which enabled me to to base my, my next goals on and also how I can achieve it. Coming into 2020, it's uh, like in the past few years, it's it's all about goal setting and um, it's all about how you can achieve those goals. And it's definitely changed with, with COVID being, uh, being there, but there's always a good thing that will happen through any negative things that do happen to you. With this one, a good a few good things that happened to me was, you know, my my business boomed, my relationship boomed, um, mm -hmm. by you know uh, we were able to get married even through this time, um, and also uh, I was able to purchase our first home, and uh, another actually just purchase another property. So even through negative uh, situations or negative environments, there's always a good thing out of it even if you're let's say hey i'm I, i'm failing my store i'm i'm not making any money hey there's plenty of positive in that as well what what you need to focus on is what is the the positive thing that that you can get out of this negative thing for for someone who's failing their store or who hasn't found a winning product one positive thing there is first your your understanding Okay, which market is actually working well at the moment? Now you have to look at your numbers for to, uh, to do that and understand what the data is telling you, which is really important. And another good thing there is, uh, if you're doing a one product store, then again 
you are getting data. Um, leverage those data so that you can um, manipulate your next strategy. So uh, that, in theory, should make you profitable in the future uh, one uh, recent winning product which I, I found last week was I was you know we tested it on a general store we made two sales but we, we spent about $200 so we lost about $150 uh, by just testing that but I saw the stats were really good um, what I did it, uh, was I told the team hey can we transition this over to a one product store or a niche, sorry a niche store and let's actually test it that way and, and um, pretty much uh, listen to what the data is telling us and, and adjust our store that way and our ads that way. And hey, now th this store is doing almost 2K per day. Okay, mm -hmm. we, we're still, we still haven't scaled. Uh, uh, I would say this has the potential to go over five figures per, uh, per day. Um, but anyway, the the story is, you know, there was we were losing money at the start. That's the negative negative thing about it. But then once we started applying what the data is telling us and thinking about the positives, we we started seeing traction. And hey, we were actually we made it uh, work, uh, which I'm thinking of doing a case study on uh, to to help other people on on my YouTube. So. Can we just touch on uh, some of the, the data points a little bit more, just because I think this would be a good granular pragmatic takeaway for, for it. Um, the the way I had this question chambered was from your blog, is that you're talking about like a 5K day. Um, and you were talking about identifying the best, you know, what's the best demographic? What are the best times? What are the best seasons? So, I mean, I guess if you want to just pick on like one of what pick out one of your stores, that would be the best way to, the best one that would you can use to answer the question is that, you know, what, ex what exactly is it that you're looking for as a seller? And then how exactly are you translating that data into uh, better scaling? Very, very important uh, point there, Joseph. So thank you. Uh, let's talk about my, my main store, which is the one that's done 2 million over a couple of years. The main important um, thing that, that happened by understanding the data is what is your your data telling you so for example with with our store we had one hero product so that's your one golden winning product right mm -hmm. but that didn't become a golden winning product until we understand who our uh, demographics are and in this case our demographics are uh, 55 years old and up okay and by doing that, you're going to start understanding uh, how are they talking? You know, you got to understand the customer language. They're older people and um, mainly in USA, right? So uh, our main store just sells in, in USA. When, when we started doing ads over 55 years old and up, we pretty much tripled our profit. We went from uh, breaking even, okay, by going broad. There's nothing wrong with going broad at the start. But then when we started uh, segmenting those into the right people that uh, actually want to see the product, that wants to buy the product, that's how we tripled the profit. Now, uh, in terms of that, what I look for is, is not uh, products that, that can be sold in, in general because uh, for me personally, that's harder to sell. Actually, even general products, they, they, they segment let, let's say the snow white, the snow teeth whitening, right? 
they first started with with one segment or, or of people then they started uh talking their languages and they you know they did pretty good numbers in that now they have multiple segments of people because they have different customer avatars okay mm-hmm. so that's understanding what your customer avatars are um if you have one general golden winning product focus on one uh demographics one customer avatar first and then once you're able to make that work why don't you diversify and hey there's actually another set of demographics that i can sell to with our uh experience with that one winning product that 55 year old it was in the home and garden niche okay but then we were able to uh sell the product okay after focusing on one demographics and one uh, set of people uh, one customer avatar then um, there will be a few people that will uh, be like hey i use this for this as well for example in our case i use this for fishing as well then we started creating customer avatars for fishing and that helped us improve our overall sales uh, because we started creating ads for fishing uh, using our products and also our landing page as well. So there's so much things you can do. What you would need to focus on uh, and what people don't understand is you only need 1% to 5%. That I'm talking about the U.S. Uh, country here. If you can capture the 1% market, that's enough for you to scale up to 8 figures. 1% of, of those people in the market in USA, you'll be able to scale 8 figures. Um, and that's what I'm seeing at the moment uh then that's when you start diversifying hey let's do two percent three percent five percent and those five percent would be um subsets of uh one percent of different demographics the different customer avatars and stuff like that so understand what the data is telling you listen to the data same as the the new uh winning product that we're doing we started off bad we were testing to to broad audiences then transition to a niche store we uh went male only because we thought hey the data is telling us there's more people clicking uh, uh, uh more male people clicking on our ads so we stick to that then we started you know using the customer language just uh, overall men and also our product images and our product description images are, are, are all men and we went from 1% to 2.5% and our ROAS went, went from 0.25 ROAS to, to 2.5 ROAS. So that made us profitable. And that's what a 5x return on, oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 5x uh, increase of, of um, sales just because we are targeting that specific audiences. So general uh, dropshippers mistake is, is um, selling to to everyone but really you only need to sell to one or two specific uh, demographics or customer avatars the way you characterize it as avatar it sticks out to me just because it's about really making the person that you want to sell to and then facebook supplies you with enough data to generate those people for you yeah that's incredible yeah, yeah. And I, this is the first time that somebody i don't know I, and again like maybe somebody else said it and it just kind of slipped but i will say yeah. this is definitely the most that it's stuck out to me yeah so making those customer avatars that's enabled us to 3x um our uh return on investment on on all of our brand stores 
that's when when I took a step back from selling to everyone to just focusing on some niches. So, uh, one criteria of my product research is actually, hey, look into a niche, uh, look into a niche within that niche, and look for another niche within that sub niche. So that third level, I'll give you an example. Hey, let's look in the pet niche. Let's look at um, cat niche. Uh, yeah, the cat niche, and let's look at um, let's say. Uh, food cat niche so that's uh, a niche within a sub niche once we started focusing on that third level that sub sub niche if, if we want to call it that that's when we started uh, to, to to see more tractions more sales easier to find winning products higher percentage of finding winning products that way and uh, more success that way because not only are you able to create that customer avatar but it's gonna make your life so much easier because you understand mm -hmm. the language you understand how you can create ads now you understand their pain points and what sells is is the emotions if you can hit them with the pain points from from the very beginning or the hook uh, as uh, most would say then they're gonna be watching the the, the whole video and hence you're gonna have more data now that comes in more data again Okay, if you're selling to to general, uh, general uh, niche, then it it's harder for you to understand the data because it's it's there's so much uh, data what the data is telling you that you can't identify if there's a specific demographic or specific uh, interest that that's really working really well. So by focusing on on one customer avatar, you're gonna understand what the what the data is telling you and you're gonna get more data out of that the more data you have pretty much will double or triple your roi that's fantastic i i i appreciate the insight i really do <laughs> we uh we're gonna have to wrap this up sorry to say but no, yeah we're, okay. <laughs> uh, so i'm gonna give you i'm gonna i, I want to ask you one more question here that i have chambered and um this is about your this is from your mindset blog. It's about the difference between fixed mindset and growth mindset. For everyone who's listened intently to this whole episode, I think you can kind of grasp the difference between fixed is people who don't grow and growth is people who do. There's one part of it that stuck out to me that I wanted to hone in on, which is that in the fixed expectations mindset is one of the defeating principles is assuming that people can only get as far as they get because of their natural talents and their abilities. But I, but I, I wanted to ask you about that because I, I, and I'm not saying that you would in any way, shape or form discredit or like not recognize natural talents or abilities. But what I want to know is where do you think that a person's natural inclinations fit into the picture? Like, do you have a natural drive to do certain things and then you apply your growth mindset to grow in those or, uh, yeah. So, so take it away. Where do you, where do you stand on that? Yeah, so th that's a good one. So let's have a look at the highest performing athletes. Let's give an example, Kobe Bryant, rest in peace Kobe Bryant. Um, he had the natural talent for, for basketball, right? But in order for him to be in that high caliber, in order for him to, to, to be one of the best players in the world is to improve his uh, uh, skills by, by not just um, focusing on, on the talent that he has right now, but further on how can he grow even further so he can 
reach that M- MVP or uh, you know one of the best players in the mm-hmm. world by having a fixed mindset. Okay, a lot of like what you said, a lot of people uh, won't uh, go through the hardship of 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 growth, and because it, it could be because hey, it's too hard. That's why I'm 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 just gonna stick to what I am at the moment. And but once you start implementing the uh, the growth mindset and, and implementing it into your daily lifestyle, uh, for example, with Kobe Bryant, he you know he would train for six hours, five hours per per day. Mm-hmm. But in order to do that, he found first the motivation. You need the motivation to to uh, continue uh, to surpass what your level at the moment. And the second thing is find your, which I touched on earlier, find uh, things that you can enjoy in the thing that you're doing at the moment. With a fixed mindset, you're gonna be stuck at where you are because you're scared of failing. You're you're not willing to uh, go through the hardship. So you're like, hey, it's too hard already. But you haven't even done it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you, why? <laughs> Why would you not like go through the, the the things that you have to go through to go to the next level and like say right now that uh, that it's too hard when you haven't even actually done the, the thing that you're doing? So the second thing is, uh, on, on top of the motivation is the enjoying part. So enjoying part is really important. If I, for me personally, I... I had no clue run on how to run an e-commerce business, right? But I was motivated enough that hey, um, I want to be financially free through e-commerce. But then I started finding uh, the the joy of of doing e-commerce, you know. Um, so those two things would be uh, the most important things in order for you to to go from fix to to growth while continuously um, being consistent and doing that for a long period of time. And it's not a matter of how, if you have the growth mindset, it's not a matter of how you're going to do it. It's when you're going to be successful, pretty much. So if you're still trying to be successful with, with what you're doing right now, it's not a matter of how with the growth mindset. It's a matter of when. Very much. It could be tomorrow. You'll be successful tomorrow, or, or next next month, or the next few years. It it doesn't matter. It's a, a matter of when. Once you start thinking that way, then everything else will will follow through. I'll back up what you're saying, and uh, for my uh, for our most dedicated listeners, I hope they don't mind whenever <laughs> I have to repeat things like this. But it's you know it's new to the guests, so yeah. it's free content, guys. <laughs> live with it. But you know, I I started doing podcast uh, media ten years ago. I didn't think I was going to end up where I am now, but I found the joy in it. And I thought, you know, I, I can, I can, this is a path for me. I can take this path and I can find, um, I can make a living off of it. And well, yeah, so far so good. Wow. Yeah, quite good. As a matter of fact. 10 years. That's awesome, Joseph. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Thank you. And, and uh, your, your, your success is, uh, is amazing as well. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, we're going to uh, wrap it up here. Uh, Jandy, if you want to let people know how they can uh, get in touch with you, your Facebook page, your YouTube page, where can they find you? And you have the floor one more time, just in case you want to impart any last nugget of wisdom, not going to stop you, just going to let you go. <laughs> so you can find me on, on YouTube. Just search my name, Jandy Terezo, J-A-N-D-Y-C-E-R-E-Z-O. 
um, and I also have a Facebook page where I'm gonna be honest, I haven't been active much, but I'm I'm gonna be back. Um, ecom action yeah, you should takers. Say my LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, so ecom action takers. Um, let's uh Facebook uh, or you can follow me on Instagram, Jandi that uh Cerezo. In terms of a uh, last words of wisdom, stay consistent, stick to your habits. Mm-hmm. Um, and be consistent with that, and it's just gonna—it's gonna be a matter of when instead of how or what you know what you're gonna do. So if you really wanna be successful, all you have to do is stay stay consistent in what you do, and make sure those failures that uh, that you go through, you learn from it. If you don't learn from it and you don't take action, then uh, might as well just quit right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, everybody, hope you had a good time. I certainly did. And we will check in with you guys. Sorry, I am. It's like meta comment. I'm <laughs> abysmal at at getting us out of this. I've I I I, I don't. I just. Uh, All right. Well, we'll check in with you soon. And as always, feel free to contact podcast at debutify.com. See ya. See ya. That was that was still terrible. I <laughs> you know what? I'm not editing this out. By the way, I want people to understand my struggle here. All right. Bye, everybody. Awesome. Thanks, Joseph. You too. You might have found this show on any number of platforms. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or right here on Debutify. Whatever the case, if you enjoy this content and want to help us thrive, please take a few moments to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you think is best. We also want to hear from you, so whether you think you'd be a good guest or want to weigh in on anything related to our show, you can email podcast at Debutify.com. Or connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Finally, this podcast is created by the passionate team at Debutify. If you're ready to take the plunge into e-commerce or are looking to up your game, head over to Debutify.com and see how it can change your life and the lives of many through what you do next.